Hey, everybody, and welcome to iFreaks. Uh, this week on our panel, we have Lane Mosley. Hello there from Lehigh, Utah. And I'm Andrew Madsen in Salt Lake City. Uh, it's actually just the two of us this week. So we thought we'd talk a little bit about uh, about boot camps, about code schools. They're starting to become a more popular way for people to get into programming. They're cropping up all over the country. And I think there's, um, you know, there are differing opinions about, about the value of, of going to a, a boot camp to learn how to program. Lane and I both have some experience with this. Uh, I think, as I've mentioned on the show a few times lately, I recently took a full-time job uh, at Dev Mountain, which is a, a boot camp here in Salt Lake. And I had been teaching there for, oh, I don't know, a year and a half before that. So um, Lane, why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience? Yeah, mine is pretty similar to you as well. I mean, it's not my full-time job by any means, but um, I teach a couple times a month for a couple hours and I've been doing it for about a year and a half as well. And I've had a great experience. I've really enjoyed helping students that are very eager, you know, to get into this new world of software. So it's pretty great. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun too. Um, I started because a friend of mine, uh, well, f friend of mine and former panelist, Caleb Hicks, uh, was was running the iOS program at Dev Mountain and asked me to come in and do a a guest lecture, which turned into coming in basically every week, one day a week to teach. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I enjoyed being there and working with students. And then the opportunity came along to to basically take over Caleb's job and make it my full-time thing. And I, and I did, and, and I've really enjoyed it. Um, that said, I, I know, you know, there are some people, especially experienced programmers that are, that are skeptical of the idea of going to a boot camp for 12 weeks or whatever, and then coming out the other end a programmer because they think, well, it takes longer than that to learn how to program. And that's certainly um, my, would have been my thought before I had anything to do with a boot camp. And, and even now, you know, I, I, I don't think you can become an expert in, in 12 weeks. So, um, but I think you can get a really good start. And I, 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 th I thought maybe we could just talk about sort of pros and cons and, and maybe a little bit about why this has become such a, a thing in the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to build on that, I mean, I've been programming for 10 years and I still feel like I'm learning how to program, you know? So the expectation that out of 12 weeks, you're going to be a programmer is sometimes for me a little hard to digest. And I don't know, there's a lot into it, but we'll get into the details of, of my feelings there, I think. So, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the same, I've, I've been sort of programming since I was a little kid, but I, I started doing it really seriously and, and, you know, doing it as a, as a thing that I cared about and, you know, was making apps to sell and whatever about the same as you, I don't know, 10, 11 years ago, I guess now. And I feel like I'm learning every day. Right. And I feel like, uh, there are whole categories of things, even even in iOS development or Mac development, that I don't really know anything about. I haven't done them before. So, I mean, I, I think I think only somebody who's unrealistic would think that twelve weeks is enough to be an expert. But I, I also think that's maybe not what boot camps are for. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about that. You know what what is a boot camp? What does what does it offer? You know, and you know what are the what are the students you know learning? Um, and we can focus obviously on iOS. There's lots of boot camps, right? There's development boot camps, there's design boot camps, there's all these different things. But you know, iOS specific, you know, Andrew, especially from your perspective, what are you know the students learning in 12 weeks or expected to to learn? 
So we really, at Dev Mountain in particular, and I can't really speak for other boot camps, although I have a feeling this sort of structure to some degree naturally falls out of, of the format, but but Dev Mountain uh, is essentially, it's a 12-week course, so a three-month course. Um, students are there nine to five, Monday through Friday, so it's like a full-time job, plus we expect them to work a lot after class. But we teach them really, it's really the 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 bare fundamentals that you need to to start being an iOS developer, right? So they they learn about the overall structure of of iOS programs, model view controller, um, and and a lot of the APIs that you just you ab- absolutely have to know to be an iOS developer. So you know UI view and buttons and labels and and of course UI table view is a big part of that. And um, we talk about how to deal with network services and um, we're, we we teach we use Swift now, but uh, but they learn some Objective C because we think that's pretty essential for for an iOS developer to know both at least you know to one degree or another. But we're not teaching them we're not teaching them really advanced stuff, right? So we're not going into depth on all the new ideas about protocol oriented programming and how Swift changes things, or you know really hardcore algorithms or. Uh, very fancy custom UI. We touch on some of these things, but those are those are some of these more advanced topics are the things that take you a while, you know, maybe even years to to really feel like you have a good grasp on. Yeah, it really seems like to me kind of where a boot camp does best is in, inspiration, meaning giving a good enough, you know, platform or um, place to start from to springboard somebody to go, Hey, look, I can actually do this. Right. It's something that, that really, so that someone can catch the vision and say, Hey, look at this app that I, you know, I conceptualized it and I built it in 12 weeks. And that I think is extremely empowering. Yeah. So imagine I, and certainly my experience learning to program was not through a boot camp at all. In fact, I remember when I first started out, I bought a book, Stephen Cochan's Programming in Objective-C, first edition. I read the book on my own. I I seem to recall buying it, trying to go through it, like getting a few chapters in, and for one reason or another kind of, I don't know if it was because I was overwhelmed by it or I just got busy with other things and got distracted or whatever. I was a full-time college student at the time. Um, and I, and I kind of put it down and didn't do anything for three months or something. And I thought, no, I really want to finish that book. So I picked it back up and went through it again. And then I did another book and, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel like I really knew anything until probably a year after I started. And if I had a problem, there was nobody I could ask, right? It was just like, oh, well, screw around with it for three days and maybe you'll figure it out. (laughs) Yep. Right. Or post a message on the, on Coco Dev mailing list and hope whoever answers you is nice, you know? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's, I think that's the thing, you know, right. It makes it so somebody doesn't decide I'm going to learn how to do iOS programming. And the first day it's really hard and they don't really have anyone to turn to and you get overwhelmed and frustrated and sort of give up maybe more easily than you should. And I think a boot camp gives you the external motivation, you know, in in the sense that you have like a a real goal to complete and also the, the help you need from people who know what they're doing to get over some of those really early hurdles. And you meant, yeah, that's, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you keep going. I was just going to say, you mentioned that, that I didn't, I didn't mention this, but at dev mountain, we have students build actually two functioning apps. I mean, the, the idea is that by the time you graduate, you've shipped two apps to the app store, you know, and of course they're not million dollar apps. They're what you'd expect from somebody who's starting out, but some of them are actually pretty good. You know, they're useful and 
we've even had students go on to to keep working on their apps and make them into a real thing, you know, even have startups based on them or whatever. But um, I, I definitely think feeling like you have that skill, even if you know, even if you know you're still starting out and have a lot to learn, it's a lot easier to keep going if, if you get, to, if you have somebody help you get to that point where it starts to become familiar territory, just like anything. Oh, else, yeah. right? Ab- absolutely. And that's funny. Your, your story is so similar to mine. I was actually, in the middle of the Cocoa programming guide, I think, from the Big Nerd Ranch when iOS 2 was announced. And so it was something that I was interested in because I loved, you know, I loved Apple and I'm like, I want to make Mac apps. It sounds so great. Um, then iOS 2 came out and I said, well, that's way cooler anyways. <laughs> but, you know, back in those days, there was no help, you know, like <laughs> the only help was these Cocoa books, really. And then, you know, not a lot of people was doing it not a lot of people were doing it. And, and so it was, it was very, very frustrating and very hard. And, and so I agree. I think having a little more structured environment is just really great for these kids that not just kids. I mean, just anyone that's doing it, um, that are, um, what am I trying to say? Anyway, it's just a great platform. It's a great environment. Um, and the expectation to kind of sequester yourself away and focus on one thing for 12 full weeks. And you really can't learn a ton. And that's awesome. I wonder what you think. So it seems like the 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 alternative, uh, some would say the traditional alternative to, to going to something like a boot camp is to just go to go to college for four years. And I'm I'm maybe in the middle, right? Because I went to college for four years, but I studied electrical engineering. Um, and, and I was actually I actually sort of my area of focus was was analog design, not not even digital. Although I did a fair amount of digital stuff too, but uh, it was definitely not programming, right? Like I had a one semester C intro to C class the very first semester I was in school, um, but but I did not learn to program in college. And if you want to be a programmer, you think, well, I go to college for four years and do computer science. Uh, what I'm curious to know what you think about some of the. I, do you have a computer science degree? I guess probably not. If you're no, you know, I actually I don't. Um, I I did a few CS classes, and then I went to do business school, and that's when I started doing apps a lot. And so, no, you know, I don't have computer science. I did end up doing a it's, a, it's a, called computer information tech. That's kind of the degree I ended up with. But I I did that because, to be frank, it was a little bit easier than computer science. And I was trying to finish school as quickly as possible to continue my iOS career. I didn't want to have school hold me back, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I mean, I, I didn't have, it was not, it was not a deliberate thing at all. I went to school for electrical engineering because I wanted to learn it and because I wanted to be an engineer and I'd been doing hardware for a long time as a hobby. And, um, but certainly I, you know, I'm, you're not going to find me saying, well, you have to go to college for computer science to be a good programmer. And I, and I, I feel sort of lucky in that I do think the industry as a whole um, doesn't care that much if you do a computer science degree, you know? I mean, it, it depends. I know there's a lot of, you know, companies that still do, and they think that that's the kind of the the number one. If, if someone's really skilled in computer science, then, you know, that's number one thing. But I'm also a big believer that, you know, that is no that is no longer a requirement Um, that, you know, anybody that is extremely motivated and wants to get into the industry can absolutely do so. There's nothing 
There's there's no reason why they shouldn't be trying. At least. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I certainly think there are things you're not going to go work with Chris Latner on the Swift compiler. Right. Without oh, a absolutely. computer science degree, unless you're quite a genius, you know, <laughs> probably somebody could learn that on their own. But but most people are not even really good programmers are not going to be at that level or working on that kind of thing without some formal background in all of the uh, art and science that, you know, has been done in the last 40 years in, you know, university computer science departments. But for a regular programmer making iOS apps, I don't, you know, I, I know, I know a lot of us, right. A, a lot of us locally that are not, were, did not go to school for computer science. Some, some that don't have college degrees at all. Uh, it makes me glad right it makes me glad that it's yeah. sort of a you know you learn it yourself and as long as you're good and driven and smart you can you can do it yeah yep absolutely i'm a i'm a big believer in that and you know i've i've had lots of people that you know approach me and say well do i need to go to you know college for computer science and i say you know it just depends you know the state of the industry is you know if you do want to go work on compilers then yeah maybe you do but if you want to make cool iphone apps you know, maybe that's not, I would say that, you know, making iPhone apps for four years versus going to, you know, a computer science degree for four years, you're going to be really good at iOS apps after four years, yep. you know, and, and, and that's awesome. You know, that's a, that's a very valid way to, you know, approach, approach it. Are, do you think though, that there are some things that you learn in a, in a college computer science um, course and by getting a degree that you know, you, you do miss out on being self-taught. I mean, I guess I'm asking for you personally, do you think there, there are gaps in your knowledge that would have been filled by doing that? Oh, absolutely. Um, I will say that, you know, and I'm being very honest here and kind of, I don't know, this is a little personal, but I'm not a great interviewer a lot of the time. And whenever I get asked computer science type questions in an interview, I have a really, really hard time with it. And, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty good programmer, but when I get asked to write a binary search, right, I don't do very well with that because it's not something that I learned in school. And so that's something that definitely has been harder, I would say, for me and for those that are self-taught is if you're in a spot or if you're interviewing somewhere and they want you to know this set of algorithms that everyone learns in computer science, you're either going to have to do it on your own or it's going to be tough. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm, you know, I'm in, sort of in the same boat, although I, I actually think for some of the sort of interview questions, I'm, I can do decently well. I've tried to, I've tried to fill in some of those gaps in terms of knowing, <clears throat> in terms of knowing like, you know, basic data structures and big O notation and some basic yeah, and, and that kind of thing. I, I, you know, I've tried to learn that stuff. To be honest, part of my problem is I just, I do really poorly on whiteboard code. I, I freeze up and I don't like when people watch me writing or typing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's certainly an argument to be made that, um, that, that that's not, you know, there, there are people who would say that's just not a good interview technique. It's not an effective inter interview technique, no matter who you're interviewing. Uh, and I, I would tend to agree. I yep. don't like interviews where I get sort of put on the spot. I'm like, well, if, you know, if I were in front of Xcode solving a real problem, I could do this. I've done it before. But to be absolutely put in a sort of weird environment without my normal tools and all this pressure, it's maybe not the best way to judge how I'm actually going to work in the job. 
Yep. Yep. I totally agree. I, and I've done a fair amount of interviewing so far and, and I try to make the interview as comfortable as possible, you know, just cause it's not like, I don't like to put people on the spot because they don't do their best, you know, in that, in that environment. So, well, I, so I was going to, I was going to mention that something I think is a little bit interesting is as I've worked with students at Dev Mountain now for almost two years, um, there, there've actually been a, a fair number of them that are either like currently in school going, going to college for CS or, uh, I, I can think of at least one that already had a CS degree, um, and still came to Dev Mountain. Which is interesting because it, it tells me, and I, and I think this is true, that uh, the skills and, and the education that you get at a boot camp are not necessarily meant to be a replacement f- for computer science. They're actually sort of different. I would 100% agree with you on that. Because, you know, in computer science, you're going to learn a lot about data structures and, you know, performance and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, at a boot camp, especially Dev Mountain, a lot of the focus is on UI kit and UI kit is massive. Like it takes years and years to learn all the things that UI kit can do. It's limitations. It's you know, things you have to work around. Um, and so, yeah, I 100 percent agree. Right. And, and you never learn it all because as soon as you think you've learned it all, another another two, three releases of iOS come out and yep, do stuff exactly. and you never get a chance to use it. And, you know, I, I've been using UIKit, like I said, since the first beta of iPhone OS 2. And I don't I feel like there are whole huge APIs that I like, like view controller transitions just comes to mind. I've never done anything. With yeah. Them, right. I know they exist, but never absolutely. Done um, In fact, I, I've recently been thinking, you know, as far as UI kit goes, we're going to see um, in the future maybe specializations. You know, somebody that says, I am 100% amazing at view controllers and everything about view controllers. And then you're going to have somebody else that's like, I know everything about, you know, auto layout or something like that, where the systems are becoming so complex that you really can't keep the whole thing in your head anymore um, at all. So, yeah, I think maybe to some degree that already happens on individual teams, right? Where you have people that, that know one, one portion of the APIs better than others. Like I've been on teams where I was the one that knew core data the best and you know, we all knew it, but I knew it the best. So I ended up doing all, all of our core data stuff or, or whatever. Let's take a break from this episode and really quickly talk about finding a job. You know, searching for a job can feel stressful, scary, and time consuming. Pushy recruiters try to sell you on roles you don't actually want. The job boards make you feel like you're throwing your resume into a black hole, never to be seen again. And sometimes you go all the way through an interview process just to find out that the very end that the salary offer or company culture doesn't match what you're looking for. Well, there's a solution. Hired.com is the world's most intelligent talent matching platform for full-time and contract opportunities. They make the job search faster, focused, and stress-free instead of endlessly applying to companies and hoping for the best. Hired puts you in control of how and when you connect with compelling opportunities. And after completing one simple application, top employers apply to you. And the best part is, is that you get money. That's right. They pay you if you get a job through them. Listeners to this show can earn double their normal hiring bonus by signing up with the show's link. That's right, you get $2,000 instead of $1,000. So go sign up at Hired.com slash iFreaks. Yeah, because not only do you have UIKit, you know, there's there's foundation and, and all the shared code between Mac and iOS. And I mean, 
it there's a lot <laughs> there is so much stuff to learn so so we don't we don't even try at dev mountain to te teach them everything we try to teach them the things that we think are the most essential skills that no ios developer can get get away with not knowing and then what we really try to teach is is what we we talked about earlier which is to give give students an, an entry into the whole world so that they you know, or over that really steep initial learning curve where everything seems foreign and, you know, well, I guess not in Swift. I was going to say you're missing a semicolon and your program won't work and you can't figure it out for half an hour. Uh, semicolon's a bad example in <laughs> Swift, but but there are similar sure. sorts of problems, right? So we want to get them over that so they feel like they can keep learning. But really, we know that they need to finish, hopefully get a job somewhere that will, will help them keep learning and, you know, understand where they're at and, and cultivate them and um, that's, I think the ideal outcome, right? That they leave with, with, with a real set of skills that's valuable, but e even more importantly, with a desire and an ability to keep learning and to grow as a developer over the coming months and years. Yeah. So my, I think my biggest hang up with boot camps, and, and I mean, this is, I mean, Dev Mountain is a hundred percent. They they do this right. They're they're accountable for this, just like everybody else. But the marketing for me is a little over the top. And you know, if you don't know, the marketing is twelve weeks, and you're going to be an awesome programmer, and you're going to have a job making X amount of money. And to me, I I understand. You know, that's the the overall vision. But it's it's not as easy as they make it seem. You know, and so I think that that is definitely my my biggest hang up with these things is that, you know, everyone's a little bit different and it's and everyone has a different road through the boot camp and not everybody is going to be as, as successful. And so, you know, there are sometimes, you know, students that don't that don't have the successes of other students and they just feel like the promises were not kept. Yeah. Um, so so this actually brings up an important point, which is boot camps, at least so far, are all as far as I know, are all for-profit schools, right? They, they, they may, they may have good ideals. They do. I think Dev Mountain does. I, you know, my experience at Dev Mountain has, has been that everybody there from, well, it's a pretty small company, but from the top, top down to the bottom, um, cares about how students do, but they also need to make money, right? So they've right. got to have marketing. Right. They've got to do marketing. They've got to convince people it's a good idea to come there. And, um, there's a real balance to be struck there, right? Between, between convincing people it's a good thing for them and, 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 uh, but, but without setting unrealistic expectations or making people think it's sort of a magic thing where you come in and you sit there for, for, for 12 weeks and then you're done and you're a real iOS developer because we all know that that's not how it works, right? You have, you have to right. put in a lot of effort. There's probably a, an element of just natural talent that maybe not everybody has. Um, there's, there's certainly, I think the best programmers love doing it and not everybody loves doing it. You know, even maybe some people who would be otherwise be good at it, don't enjoy it. And that's all sort of something that we can't provide, right? We can yep. You can't provide the motivation, you know, that's, that's got to come from within really. So I think we at Dev Mountain in particular, try to communicate that pretty well. I mean, we try to make it clear that we are there to provide resources and, and help and, you know, care a lot about students. But in the end, students have to work really, really hard and it's on them. 
and we don't we we try we try to be clear that we're not guaranteeing that you will get an amazing job making a hundred thousand dollars a year the day after you graduate right you might right. you're really lucky you might but and you work really hard but but most people are not probably not you know probably gonna have to do the normal thing which is go out and interview at a lot of places and and get better at interviewing and keep working on their portfolio and you know and network and, and everything that we all know everybody has to do to find, to find a job so yep and and you know you got to put a, a little responsibility as well on the students because if if you have a student that comes in just thinking hey i'm going to just sit around for 12 weeks and i'm going to be an ios developer you know that's it's not going to happen frankly because it is hard work i mean you're talking 9 to 5 you know full time job plus you know expected to do more and you know those that do that they do all the requirements and just go for it and are working saturdays and sundays and just going crazy those are the ones that do really shine and and i've seen amazing just amazing things out of some of the students it just it's frankly inspiring to me to see them go through the program yeah same same with me it's really fun to see somebody who comes in it you know because uh, well, especially now that I'm there full time, but even before you see them on the, in their first week and <laughs> often students look a little like, I don't know what the word is, but deer in the headlights, like, what did I get myself? Into? <laughs> yeah, to- totally. Then, but by the end, some of them, the, the, the best of them, the ones that, that work really hard and do the best, they've done pretty cool stuff, you know, in some cases, even stuff where I'm like, wow, that's impressive. I don't even know how to do that, you know? And, uh, and and that's a that's a lot of fun. But but the other side of that is, is is that there are definitely students that come in and maybe have the wrong attitude, or it's it's not that for, for them for one reason or another, and they they try to coast through, or you know they're, they're you can tell the motivation's not there, and they, they just they don't they don't do well, and there's nothing we or I can do to to, to change that other than to other than to help them understand their situation, and you know try to convince them to do better or whatever, but you can't wave a magic wand. Yeah. And, and that's not, you know, specific to, uh, you know, a, a de- development bootcamp. I mean, that happens in higher education all the time, you know, where you have a, a, a class full of students and, and 10% of them just sit there and do nothing, you know? And so that's just something that uh, just happens in education, unfortunately. I don't know how much you have thought about this, but I'm I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on on what the rise of boot camps means for for education overall. I mean, I've seen some thinking and talk, and you even now occasionally hear it from politicians and the like that maybe college is just not the right thing for everyone. I think for a long time it's kind of been if you want a good good job, you graduate from high school and then go to college for four years, and then you get a good job and and you know, there's some thought that maybe that's not the best model for everyone for whatever reason. And boot camps are one, one alternative. And anyway, I don't know. I just wonder if you have any thoughts on, on that whole idea. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I've thought about this a lot because I, you know, I feel like that the education landscape is, is changing like right before our eyes, you know, where with, with the internet and how we're all connected and the, the wealth of information at everybody's fingertips you know, I, I feel like I learned how to program and my whole entire career is based on the fact that I figured out early in my career how to use Stack Overflow and Apple's documentation really well, right? And so, you know, I, I feel like that 
boot camps are playing into this really well because they're filling this little this void of I want to jump start into my career a lot faster than four years and it's working. And I think, you know, the, one of the main reasons it's working so well is that there is so much work in the industry right now that there's just not enough people to do it. And so somebody, if they don't want to wait four years, they, they don't have to, they can end three weeks or, you know, if they're super motivated and they do this themselves, they can go and there's a, so many resources online that you can be in the workforce very quickly. And, um, and it, it's, it's happening a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure my thoughts on this are really concrete yet because as we've discussed, I'm now, I've now sort of been in, in, I guess what you'd call three worlds, right? I went to, I went to college, did a regular degree in electrical engineering. I worked as an electrical engineer after that, uh, doing hardware. I taught myself to program and have made that my career for the last while. And now of course I'm working full time at a boot camp. and. Um, I wouldn't really give up any of, I wouldn't, you know, I, I haven't been to a boot camp as a student, but I certainly wouldn't give up my college experience. If I had it to do over again, I would definitely go to college again. Um, I, I, I think, I don't know, I guess I don't know the answer to this question, but I think I, you know, I think there was value in, in being self-taught, but, but I might have chosen to go to a boot camp to learn how to program, right? It certainly would have been a jump start. I felt, I feel mm -hmm. like I didn't get, it took me way longer to get as good as boot camp graduates you know it took yeah, me longer I, than 12 weeks so i think i would agree you know knowing what i know now if i were starting over uh, knowing my personality you know and what, where i was when i started doing this i would have loved a boot camp like absolutely just eaten it up because i wanted to do it anyways and to be able to just jump in and do it full time with you know, people there to help me all the time, that would have been a fantastic resource. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think probably me too. I mean, one thing that, that has been really valuable to me in the last, oh, five or so years is that, you know, for, for five or six years, I was really serious about, uh, Mac and iOS development and was spending a whole lot of my, my, my own time on it, but I didn't, I literally didn't know anyone else other than, you know, like, people I followed on Twitter or something, but n nobody that I knew personally did it, you know, and it's like, I didn't have any friends in iOS. And then, and then Cocoa Head started up in Salt Lake and, you know, I started going to that and, and more and more people were doing it. And, and the local community here got really big and good. And, um, and, and I love that. It makes me so happy that I have so many friends, uh, that share my interests and are doing the same things as I am doing and, and enjoy the same stuff. And, you know, we have here in Utah, we have, I think, quite a good community. But wouldn't it have been nice to learn in a similar kind of environment? I think it would have. Yeah, I, I actually envy those that are, um, you know, going to Cocoa Heads and learning from the brightest around around them. Because I felt like my first few years, while I learned a lot, I also developed a lot of really bad habits. And I had no idea. <laughs> right. You know, there's no way to know. I was what like, you're doing is bad or not. I was looking at some code that I wrote. I, I don't really remember when, but it was in my very first few months of doing Objective-C. 
and I was writing NS string with, str you know, NS string, string with string, and then a static string. Like everywhere I wanted to use a string, <laughs> I thought you had to wrap it in NS string, yep. with string with string. And that's amazing. Nobody yep. told me I didn't need to do that. And it works, you know, it didn't, doesn't actually cause any problems. So I don't really remember how I finally figured out that that was not what I needed, <laughs> should be doing. But, and I'm, I, there are other things like that. But yeah, that it would have been nice to have somebody that knew what they were doing to, even point out little stuff like that and say, Hey, you know, <laughs> you don't need to do it that way, or there's a better way to do this. Um, I certainly hope that's what one of the things I provide to students at, at Dev Mountain now and, and at Cocoa Heads and, uh, you know, and similar. So it, it, I think there's real value in, in going through and, and being able to work with people who work directly with people who, who have already learned the stuff that you're trying to learn. I, I do also think that, you know, my background and yours is similar, that um, it's helped me become a much better teacher for the students at Dev Mountain, because I remember so well what it was like being in their shoes. And and so I'm, I'm actually very glad at the same time that I did struggle through all of that and just struggled, 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 because it, it helped me in, in ways that you know, I probably wouldn't have had otherwise if I would have had, um, you know, a boot camp or a bigger community around me. So, yeah. so I am, I am happy with the way everything did turn out. Oh, oh yeah, I am too. I, I actually had this conversation with a student this week. Um, he, he was frustrated that, uh, he, he said he had been working on a problem for, for, I don't know, a day or two and he couldn't figure it out. And then I came in and helped him and, uh, f fixed it in, you know, a minute or something. Right. And, and it just it was such a quick fix. And yeah. I said, well, I wish I could have had you fix that right away instead of me struggling with it for a while. And, and I had to explain to him that, well, two things. I mean, I only knew how to fix that really quickly because I've hit into problems like that so many times. And especially when I was starting out, struggled with them for a really long time, you know? And so the knowledge is hard won and nobody can, Right. There's a there's a balance to be struck. I want students to get help. But if you always have the answer handed to you, you don't really learn. So so I'm I, I am actually grateful for in, in my own learning experience, sometimes having to struggle, even if it was really frustrating. Right. I can remember bugs that now would probably be no big deal. But when I didn't know what was going on, you think you're never going to fix it. You think you'll never be able to figure it out, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, totally. I, I have one one bug that it's just so in the front of my mind. And I always remember this, but I, this was an iOS three. I was making this iPad app and we had these news feeds kind of in this app. And I wanted to cache all that data um, so that when you open the app again, it was just there and then it would reload. So what I did is I serialized it all into JSON and then I stuck it into core data. It was big. I mean, I'm talking like two megabytes worth of JSON and smashed it into core data. And um, when you go and retrieve that, you know, so much stuff out of core data, it would take like 10 seconds to launch the app, you know, and I had no idea what I was doing then. I was like, this seems like a good idea. And it wasn't. And uh, so yeah, you know, those things are, they're, they're fun to look back on, but I'm so glad I've learned how to get past that kind of stuff. <laughs> The last thing I wanted to touch on, um, maybe before we wrap up, is that I think the boot camp boot camps as a whole, it's I think it's a really young industry right now, and I think it is becoming an industry. And I think I think um, like any young industry, there are things that the industry as a whole still needs to learn and still needs to figure out. And um, 
I also think there's variation between boot camps out there. I mean, I'm I'm obviously biased, of course, now that especially now that I'm employed by Dev Mountain. Um, but I, I think Dev Mountain does a really good job, and I, I think we have good motivations. And you know, I mean, obviously we 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 make money. We need to make money to keep going, but that's not our sole goal and focus. We want students to be successful and we want them to have a good experience and we want them to, to learn real skills and learn them the right way. And, um, but I, I think there are probably, I mean, not certainly not singling any out, but I think there are probably boot camps that, that maybe don't have such a, a good attitude and really are in it for the money and, you know, are just as happy to get somebody to come pay them and, and get through the program and then have nothing to do with them. And who cares if they succeed, we got their money. So you know that's that's something that I think as the industry grows up will will hopefully get better. Uh, I, I hope it's something that the industry itself figures out. Uh, I, th- I know there's been sort of increasing talk of the government being involved in how boot camps operate, and I don't know if it is accreditation or whatever, but funding them and this and that, and I, and I have pretty mixed feelings about that. Yep, that I I agree with you. I I think it's in in infant stages and. You know, it'll be interesting to see the next couple of years um, because I, I don't think there's going to be any shortage of uh, software engineering jobs in the future. And so this, you know, this is going to continue to grow as the industry as a whole um, continues to grow. And um, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to see where it goes. All right. Well, do you have some picks for us, Lane? I have just one. And um, I don't know if I've said this on the show so far, but I'm like a, a very, I'm way into Dark Souls, this video game series that I, I really like. And there's a studio that just, just released one a couple months ago, or maybe even a year ago now called Salt and Sanctuary. It's a 2D platformer version of Dark Souls. And so if you are into Dark Souls or action RPGs at all, um, I would give Salt and Sanctuary a try. Great art style, good gameplay, Super fun, and as a as a fan of the Soul series, it's it's pretty great. So just one pick. That's it. Thanks. That sounds cool. I um I I've never played Dark Souls at all. Don't know anything about it. So, but I do like it's a, it's a it's pretty um specific. You either love it or you think it's the dumbest thing you've ever <laughs> done. So <laughs> well, I I pro- there are probably plenty of things I like that fall into that category too. Um, I'm going to pick, uh, I'll I'll pick three things. I think one of them may actually be a duplicate pick, but it's back in my life again. So I want to pick it again. Um, I've been working on, I was talking to Lane before the show, but I've been working on, uh, restoring some old computers for a little museum exhibit that I'm going to do at Dev Mountain. and, And maybe we'll talk about it on a later episode or something old, old Macs in particular. And, uh, a lot of them, well, all of them, the old ones had SCSI used SCSI for their hard drive connections. Uh, and believe it or not, it's hard to find replacement SCSI hard drives these days. SCSI one hard drives at that. Uh, and a lot of hard drives that are 30 years old don't really work anymore. So luckily there's this thing called a SCSI to SD that, a that a guy, and I can't actually remember his name at the moment, but it's just one guy designed and, and sells, um, that lets you plug an SD card in and, and use that as a SCSI hard drive. So it's a, pretty nice way to sort of resurrect some of these old computers and you know put where they might have had a 20 megabyte hard drive before now you can put a four gigabyte or two gigabyte sd card in them and it's solid state and it's faster and you can just swap it out and put it in your 
modern computer if you want to transfer files onto it. And it's a pretty cool little thing. So that's SCSI to SD. Um, along the same lines, I'm also going to pick a website called MacintoshGarden.org. Um, I suppose this is a little bit of a legal gray area, but it's it's kind of a, an abandoned where abandoned where site for for old Mac software, and a lot of it's really old, like stuff for you know System Six, which came out in the very sort of mid to late '80s, in the very early days of the Mac. So that's a good place if you got some of these old computers to find software for them. And then lastly, uh, I don't know how many people care about this as much as I and some other nerds do, but the, the 50th anniversary of Star Trek was on September 8th last week as we record this, and Star Trek means a lot to me. It has been one of my favorite things since I was a little, little kid. Um, and kind of uh, coinciding with the 50th anniversary, Leonard Nimoy, who died last year, Leonard Nimoy's son made a documentary called For the Love of Spock, and it's a documentary about Spock and Leonard Nimoy. Um, I backed it on Kickstarter, and it finally came out. I think it came out in theaters on Friday. Uh, Kickstarter backers got a link to stream it a couple days early, and so I watched it um, a few nights ago, and I just really loved it. I thought it was really, really well done. Um, it was quite a an honest and comprehensive history of Leonard Nimoy and, and his family and, and what he meant to the world. And, um, I loved it. So if you have any interest at all in Star Trek, even if you just watched it and enjoyed it, I think this was a, this was a, a really great look at somebody that was really important to that show. So those are my picks. That's awesome. I totally want to check that out. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was very well done. I, when I backed it on Kickstarter, I was kind of like, eh, you know, I mean, it could be, you never know, right. It could be kind of dumb, but Sure. They made enough money that I think they were able to pay for really good production values. And there's a lot of like archival footage and photographs and interviews with all kinds of, you know, people that that worked on Star Trek with him. And and, and his son, of course, is the director of the movie. Um, he's a professional director. That's what he does for a living. It's not just cool. dabbling in it. So uh, well worth watching. I have, like you, Star Trek. I, like, I'm not a super fan, but I have so many memories watching Star Trek with my dad when I was a kid that even though I'm not like a super fan, it still means a lot to me just kind of on an emotional level just because of connecting with my dad. So that's awesome. I'm going to check that out. All right. Well, thanks, Lane. It was good to talk to you. And yes, thanks you everybody. as well. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you next week. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye.